Welcome to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Your hosts are Bob Noose and Anna Vanskoy. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Behind the Books. Hopefully everyone had a great Thanksgiving, stayed safe, stayed healthy, and now we're back with another episode for everyone to enjoy. Today we have with us from our Ewing branch, Sharon Stoneback. And as our author guest, we have with us Carter Wilson, who writes psychological thrillers and was very interesting guy to talk to. Carter had some great insight about his writing and um, writing thrillers. So I think that I'm excited to share that interview with everybody. And Sharon Stoneback from Ewing, she she's relatively new um, to the Mercer County Library System. So it was really insightful talking to her about how she got to the Ewing branch and her previous experience. Two interviews that were a lot of fun to do and should be a lot of fun to listen to. Bob, before we get to our interviews, I was just wondering, have you been reading anything? I've actually been reading, as you know, uh, as we've talked about in the in the past on the podcast, I read about five books at the same time, as opposed to you. You're a one book at a time person. And I've been reading a couple books written by authors that we have coming up on the podcast, which I don't want to mention because I don't want to give anything away about who will be coming up in the future. But then I've also started the book that we talked about with John Feinstein, which just came out recently, his Raise a Fist, Take a Knee book. So I've been keeping busy with those books. Well, you're right. I'm a one book person and I've been reading. Uh, it's actually a young adult book, which I am perfectly confident in my choices and secure in my decisions to read a young adult book. Um, it's called The Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Boulay. I kind of picked it up because of Native American Heritage Month, and it really, it's, I can't put it down, which just ask my family. They can't get my attention when I'm reading it. If you remember, when we talked to a couple of our young adult authors, they've always stressed that young adult books are not just for young adults. They're for everybody, and I read a lot of young adult books as well. Well, I always love hearing what you're reading, and um, maybe I, I'm going to get to that John Feinstein book but I have to finish this book first. With that being said, I'm excited for our interviews. And we'll be back to talk to Sharon in a moment. Welcome to this segment of Behind the Books, where we take the opportunity to talk with a staff member from the Mercer County Library System. Today, we have Sharon Stoneback from the Ewing branch, and Sharon is a part-time reference librarian there. Sharon, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. So one of the things I wanted to ask you is that you're relatively new to the Mercer County Library System. How did you end, how did your, what pathway did you take to get here? Well, um, I've been working here at Ewing since this August of 2021, um, but I've been in Mercer County since 2009, and I've been a patron primarily at the Lawrence branch because that's the closest one to my house. My whole family has been. And I got my master's in library science in 2009 from the University of Wisconsin. 
Uh, and starting in 2014, I was working as a part-time reference librarian at the Mercer County Community College. And I actually still am working there part-time in the evenings. I was working there during the days up until the pandemic. And then when we the college started to reopen during the pandemic, it wasn't clear what was going to happen with positions there. So I started looking for other positions and that's how I ended up at Ewing. And then the college also asked me back. So that's how I ended up being at both places. <laughs> uh, so that was my short version of how I ended up here. I would think that working at a, at a library in a community college setting would be pretty rewarding, right? Because you're kind of dealing with a, a unique cluster of students and you're probably able to do a lot to help them along as they get used to the college lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's, uh, I, I actually had always thought I would prefer academic libraries over public libraries, but I think actually community colleges are kind of sort of between the two in a lot of ways. Um, you know, we, a lot of what honestly we did even before the pandemic at the community college was, uh, I mean, every once in a while we would be doing the, uh, you know, quote unquote traditional reference librarian. Uh, this is how you find your sources and things like that. But a lot of it was just um, helping them get used to computers, helping them learn how to use the photocopy machine, uh, which is very similar to some of what I'm doing here at the Ewing reference branch uh, is just, you know, general tech services. I mean, well, computer, computer literacy, helping the patrons figure out how to open up a Word document and all that good stuff. So there's a lot of things that are similar there. And at the, at the community college, the other thing I have done um, since uh, 2000, 2017 is I have taught a college success class um, or many college success classes over the, the years where we work with students to help them make that transition from high school to college uh, because it's a, it's, it's a huge transition, especially for a first generation student who doesn't have anyone else in their family who's gone to college and just learning all of those differences between a high school class and a college class. And, and I think, I, again, I've only been here at the Ewing branch since August, but I have a feeling that um, as, I, as things go on, I'm gonna use some of those same skills here too. Absolutely, and I think that there, I love that you use the term computer literacy. And, and I know that when in the academic libraries, we talk about information literacy a lot. And I feel like that has really blended over into the public library uh, realm as well, just because there's so much information out there and it's helping people find solid information. <laughs> right, yes, yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely a part of what we're trying to do in the public libraries too, is make sure that if people are looking for, as opposed to, you know, a fiction read, if they're looking for an answer to a question, we wanna be making sure that they're going to legitimate sources. I mean, that's obviously become a huge deal over the past couple of years. Uh, to make sure that um, where there is, the, uh, you know, to direct people to accurate information. You kind of have this great dual role going on at the community college and then at the public library. So your kind of repertoire is varied, a lot more varied than other people that we've talked to. A lot of people have been strictly public libraries or corporate and public libraries, which is a mm -hmm. whole nother um, mm -hmm. basket of goodness. When you think about the two libraries that you're working in and, and when you tell people you're a librarian, like what is one of the things that you think would be most surprising to them about working in a library? 
I think that most people assume that all librarians are something like that stereotypical librarian out of the music man, like Mary and the librarian, and we're all conservative and all we do is uh, read books all day. And I think some of the most radical people I know are librarians. Um, I started library school a couple of years after 9-11, um, and I know when they passed the Patriot Act that some of the people who were most upset about the some of the aspects of the Patriot Act were the librarians who were making sure that people's records in terms of what books they were reading uh, wasn't available to the public or available to the government even. And I was always really proud of that fact. And uh, then I think also people just assume that libraries just have books and they don't realize how much we've moved into the 21st or 20, 21st century with um, our technology and that we're providing access to technology for people who might not have that technology at home. And I'm also really excited about the fact that a lot of libraries have expanded, not just into electronic resources, DVDs, Blu-rays, all of those different types of medium, but there are, are places that are renting out tools and all of those other kinds of um, resources for the community to make those things available. Uh, and also, I think people don't realize even today, you know, how radical librarians can be when people are complaining about certain reading materials and we're making sure that those reading materials stay available to the community and we're trying to uh, gently encourage perhaps some of our patrons to expand their, their perspective and open up their minds a little bit. And uh, so that's some of the things that I think people get wrong about libraries and librarianship. I know you said you've only been with us for a few months here at the at the Mercer County system. What are some of the things that you've jumped into and, and really enjoyed the most? Uh, I started a nonfiction book group um, that so far uh, we had one meeting um, and we're gonna have a second meeting next week. Uh, and um, we've been meeting Wednesday evenings, but we might shift that next year to Saturdays. Uh, and so far it's sort of getting off the ground, but I've, you know, as just in my private life, I've run book groups before and I really enjoy either, you know, just being part of book groups. I feel like uh, we get so much more out of a book that we can read and discuss with other people. You know, when you read it yourself, um, you can really love a book, but until you've actually discussed it with other people, I feel like you just aren't getting, you, know, you see it from so many different perspectives when you can do that. Um, so I'm really excited to hopefully grow that book group more um, and participate in more book groups because I know all of the branches offer so many great book groups. And uh, the other thing I, I actually, I mean, I just enjoy the variety. You never know um, what's going to happen from day to day. And I also really enjoy putting up book displays. Um, I've gotten to put up, uh, right now, we have a display going in our lobby for Native American Heritage Month that I put together. And just being able to find a lot of interesting books and put them out there. And every time I walk by the display and see that somebody has checked out one of the, one of the books I put up, I get so excited. So I really, the book display thing is something I didn't do until I get, got here. And I think that's been, really fun. I could spend hours just finding new books for the display. Um, so I have to, I have to restrain myself some days. It's so obvious you love what you do. And so many of us have taken this very crazy path 
to mm -hmm. become librarians. Um, what was it for you that you were like, that's when the light bulb went off or like, this is what I want to do. It's actually, I've, I, I worked in, I volunteered in my high school library. I worked for my college library. And then um, I actually have an additional master's. Um, before I got my MLS, I was um, at George Washington University and I was getting a master's in women's studies and public policy. And while I was doing that for the three and a half years that it took me to get that degree, I was working full time for George Washington University's library as a, as a non-librarian staff. And I had half a dozen librarians there tell me at that point, this was um, late 80s, or uh, it was 87 through 92, I was working there. A bunch of them told me I should get my MLS. And I was like, but I'm working on another master's. <laughs> Um, and after I finished, and, and so then I was just like, I finished that degree and I worked for an organization in Washington, D.C. that actually still exists called the Public Leadership Education Network, or PLEN. It's a consortium of women's colleges that does conferences and seminars for women undergraduate students, primarily women um, uh, who are interested in careers in policy and politics. And I ran their conferences and seminars and their internship program, working with women college students. And then uh, my spouse's job took us to Wisconsin and I ended up working in a K through 12 library there. And at that point I was like, well, maybe I should actually go and get my library degree. <laughs> so that's how I ended up getting the MLS out in Wisconsin when my kids were little. That's pretty much how it worked. But yeah, I've always loved libraries. I've always loved books and reading and, and working with people. And that's sort of what libraries are all about. What a great, rich history. I mean, I just, I, 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 it's just amazing. And I think that we as a county library system are just very lucky to have you bringing all of this experience to the system. And we, I just see great things coming from you. And I'm so happy that you joined the staff. So thank you so much okay. for taking time to talk with us today. And it was really lovely chatting. It was great talking with you too. Thank you. Welcome back to the next segment of Behind the Books, where we'll talk about some of the programs coming up this month at the Mercer County Library. Thanks to Sharon for joining us. That was a nice conversation. We'll talk a little bit more about it later when we wrap up this episode. But for now, Anna, you can fill us in on what we have coming up in early December. We have all kinds of fun things coming up. These are the ones I'm gonna talk about are ones that are on our virtual conferencing platform where you get a link beforehand and you can log in from wherever you like to watch the program. I don't know about you, Bob, but during the holidays, I get a little crazy, a lot going on. So we are offering on December 7th at three in the afternoon, Mindfulness and Holiday Stress. And this is a partner program with Penn Medicine and Princeton Health, their community wellness program. So I highly encourage you to check that program out. Again, it's December 7th at three in the afternoon. And then this looks like a fun program. It is quilting through the ages. So it kind of gives us historical perspective for women and quilting. Uh, and that's gonna take place on the 9th of December at 6 p.m. 
And then the last one I wanted to share is on the 13th of December at 7 p.m. And that's Christmas and the winter solstice. And I think this is going to be really fun kind of talking about the winter solstice and how the winter holidays evolved around that. Again, that is on December 13th at 7 o'clock. These are three of many programs that are coming up this month. We encourage you to go to mcl.org to our events page and check out the events calendar or you can access what's happening at the library using the library's app, which is my MCLSNJ, and you can download that from uh, your app store onto your device. And I'm sure if people check out the events page, they'll see that individually at the branches, there's a lot of craft type stuff that the youth librarians are putting together for the holidays. So they'll want to check those out because they're always coming up with new and innovative things. I think Santa might be coming to some of the branches should take a look. Take a look at the events page. You know when Santa's going to arrive. I also wanted to mention, Anna, before we move on to our author interview, we've from time to time we've talked about it, and I, I alluded to it in our opening that some of our authors have new books coming out. And John Feinstein, who we talked to over the summer, his new book is out, Raise a Fist, Take a Knee. should be available at the library soon, and it's also available. I got my copy. I've already started it. Looking forward to getting through that book. And also Jennifer Estep, who we had talked to, she has a new book that just came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, she has a new series. Her book's called The Sense of Danger, and it's part of what she now has, the Section 47 series. Bob, thank you for the updates of what are the authors who we've interviewed and what they've been doing. We're always excited to hear about new projects that they have been working on. And I know I've got John Feinstein's on hold. And in talking about exciting, I was very excited to talk to our next author guest, Carter Wilson. I've read, I've read a couple of his books as a podcast and also the Watch It on YouTube. And we'll talk to him a little bit about that. And that interview with Carter is coming up in a moment. Carter Wilson has written seven critically acclaimed standalone psychological thrillers, as well as numerous short stories. He is an ITW Thriller Award finalist, a four-time winner of the Colorado Book Award, and his novels have received multiple starred reviews from Publishers Weekly, Booklist, and Library Journal. His latest book, The Dead Husband, came out in May. Carter is also the host of the Making It Up podcast, where he interviews writers of all backgrounds to find out why they do what they do. Carter, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so uh, thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me on. Of course, my first question has to be, because I think your podcast is wonderful, and I love how you talk to the authors about what they do and why they do it. So I'm going to ask you, how did you get started in doing what you do, and why do you continue to do it? Well, I, I, I can call myself an accidental writer because I didn't study writing. I had zero interest in writing. Um, I, was, I was not even a, very much a reader until my 20s. And I took a, I took this, I had to take this continuing education class for this real estate license when I was 33. So I was in that world and I was so bored in this class that I posed myself a riddle and I tried to solve the riddle, um, you know, with the last two hours of class and I couldn't solve this riddle that I just made up. It was a murder riddle um, because of course, and 
I, it just gnawed at me and I started writing and more and more to just get to the background of what this riddle was all about. And in 90 days, I had a 400 page manuscript and I had, I had zero business doing that, but it, it caused me to sit up and pay attention and think, you know, maybe, maybe this is something I want to start pursuing. So from that day, you know, this is almost 20 years ago, from that day forward, you know, I learned about the publishing industry, I learned about writing, um, and it's been a long, tough slog, but uh, it's, I, I think I kind of found my calling um, through that one kind of um, uh, accident. And you have a style that's probably a little bit unique. I, I saw a video that you did previewing The Dead Husband where you kind of explained that you came up with the opening scene and then you just let the story go from there. You really had no idea where it would lead. Yeah, I mean, it really harkens back to that day in that class, right? I, and that's what I do now. I don't, I've tried to outline and it's just, and I'm sure you hear this from different writers, you know, it, you either outline or you're a pantser. And, and I'm, I'm very much a pantser. I just don't know how to do it any other way. And it's also the most enjoyable for me. But I do kind of think of an opening scene that's just, I don't know who these people are or why they're doing what they're doing, but it's, to me, it's interesting. And then I get the rest of the book to figure out what that opening scene was all about. Um, so when I sit down every day, you know, I might know what's coming next, um, but not very far. So, and, and that also lets me, if when I have that moment where something happens that I didn't expect, that means the, the reader hopefully wasn't going to be expecting it either. And that's the joy for me is just that kind of that discovery every day of like, what's, what's going to happen in this world today? I don't know. Let's find out. That is such a bold way to write. And I know we, we've talked with writers and you know, some of them are meticulous in their outlines and, and you know, they'll be flexible at times, but I mean, just really pinpointing everything out. But I think you said that you weren't really a writer beforehand. Like you have no formal training. Or <laughs> right. that's, that's evidenced in my writing probably. No, no, no. <laughs> no, you alluded, we're alluding to how you didn't write before. So I'm assuming that like your degree wasn't an English degree and that's what you were studying. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I went to hotel school. Um, and <laughs> I did, I went to, I went to Cornell hotel school. And so I worked in, um, the, the realm of, um, hospitality, real estate. And, and so I actually did know how to write like, uh, appraisal reports and things where you had to present kind of an argument about the value of something. Um, so, you know, persuasive writing for sure. Um, but certainly not creative writing unless, you know, sometimes it was, <laughs> sometimes you had to make stuff up. <laughs> Why I was asking is because it's almost like with the podcast that you do that it's your own continuing education, right? I mean, because you're kind of getting, I'm assuming that you're able to get these tips and tricks and kind of um, strategies from your writers. The genesis of the podcast wasn't, it was funny because my PR person kind of, when I told her I was going to be doing it, she asked me why. And I said, you know, for fun. And she's like, that's the right answer. <laughs> she's like, don't do a podcast just because you think you have to do a podcast. And I'm, I'm always interested in people's origin stories, whoever they are. If I, if I meet you at a cocktail party, I'm going to immediately start asking you very personal questions because that's interesting to me. And I hate small talk. So I thought, why don't I do this with writers? And, you know, I don't, I do very <laughs> true to my form. I do very little preparation before I talk to somebody and, and I kind of treat it as like, Hey, we're meeting for the first time. What's your story? And, and I, I find that fascinating because everybody has these different 
ways of doing things and the different and also different paths into the world of publishing. And some were very you know, long and drawn out, some were overnight successes, whatever. But everyone's got an interesting story. And then at the end of each episode, we just make up a story together, which is my my favorite part, because that's that's quintessential who I am. I'm like, let's just figure this out and see where it goes. And it could be terrible, but it'll be interesting. And let's see what our energy together is like. So that's you know, sometimes it's very intimidating when you're when you're talking to a major New York Times bestselling novelist and like, all right, where are we going to go with this? <laughs> for, for people ha who haven't seen it, I I would highly recommend checking it out. Um, and I love the end the end part that you that you were just alluding to, where you you and the author go back and forth, and that must be thrilling for you, as you kind of alluded to, where you get to go back and forth with these writers, and and they have so much creativity, you have so much creativity. Yeah, I do. And it's, I mean, it's really like rooted in, you know, not, not that I've ever taken improv classes, but that's the idea of improv is the whole yes and to everything. Like, I tell you something and you can't just say, well, no, we're not going to do that. You have to take that and and build upon it. Then I have to take whatever you give me and build upon it. So sometimes I'll have a very fixed idea. I'm like, oh, I totally see where this story is going. And then it, they steered a different direction. I'm like, all right, whole new world let's reset let's go with that and that that is exciting um and and you know it's interesting to see like how different some people don't do well at that at all some people are like i i need to physically be typing in order to have story ideas come out of my head <laughs> and you know so it's everyone's different but it's 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 scary and it's fun for sure I would find that terrifying. <laughs> I would but okay so let's talk about your writing a little bit because you do psychological thrillers which can be pretty dark. Yes. Do you find that you have to be in a certain mindset? Because I mean, you're sitting down, you're like, where are these people going to take me today? Um, that you kind of have to get in a certain mindset to get into the to the writing for your psychological thrillers? I mean, not that I have to. Um, you know, I'm quite capable of being dark, <laughs> you know, opening Christmas presents. So, <laughs> but I, I would say like habitually, it's important to me to have um, that routine. So I, I write, uh, you know, at five in the afternoon is when I write and I go into a physical place that's very enclosed. Um, and you know, I have headphones on, I usually listen to, you know, thunderstorms and I just kind of sit there for a little while and I just kind of reset what I had written the day before and then just kind of let it come to me. And I'm probably there for an hour and that's about it daily. Um, but that routine, is very important and it's very important that that happens seven days a week um you know things like editing and that kind of a thing i can do outside of that zone but the actual conception part it is important for me to have those habits another thing that i think kind of leads us to see how much you enjoy just the whole process and writing is if people check out your your website and you have you know your musings up there where you kind of i think what you just kind of talk about whatever is on your mind and the, and the photography. I don't know if you're a professional photographer, but your photography on there is amazing. You put a lot of time and effort into that as well. I do, and thank you. Um, I'm not a professional photographer. I just love I, I love capturing things. Um, that sounds twisted, actually, but I like photographing things. Um, and then and then yeah, I put out I I, I put out monthly blog posts, and, and they're also my newsletters that I. I like to talk about very personal things. Here's what's happening in my life, or here's how I view this. And then I talk about, you know, what I'm watching on TV, books I'm reading, pictures of my dumb cat. 
um, all that kind of stuff, and then contests and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I put a lot of work into that. So yeah, I, and I firmly believe I wouldn't do any of it if I didn't love it. So I do love it, but it <laughs> it is a lot of work. Well, we will make sure that we um, link to carterwilson.com in the show notes to direct people to your photographs as well as your website, because there's just a lot of great stuff you've got going on on the website. Thank you. And we want to thank you for taking time to talk with us today. Um, We know you're busy, so we really do appreciate it. It was my pleasure. It was great to talk to both of you. Thanks for having me on. Hello, everyone. Welcome back as we wrap up this edition of Behind the Books. Thanks so much to Carter Wilson for joining us, talking to us about his writing and his podcast. And I know, Anna, I was looking forward to talking to him because I've read some of his books, watched his podcast, and it didn't disappoint. He was very interesting. And, and that whole way that he goes about writing, I found kind of interesting when you think about I always thought writers sat there for hours and hours at a time trying to think up what comes next. And he said he sits down for an hour a day and how he puts his opening part of the story first and then just takes it from there. Very interesting conversation with him. I was a nervous wreck to interview him because he does podcasting. (laughs) So I felt like I had to have our A-game on, but he made it very easy. And and I agree, talking to him about his process was, was probably different than what we've heard from from other authors, where he basically would have a scene And he would just build up to what that scene was. And he never knew what it was going to be when he sat down. So I just thought um, it was a new process that we had heard about. I feel like there were some other authors, at least one or maybe two other ones that we talked to who told us that they don't know how it's going to end as they're writing. And obviously he doesn't know how it's going to end because all he has is the opening. So interesting conversation. and, And that's one of the things I've enjoyed about doing this is finding out the different ways that people go about doing their writing. You know, we always see the end product, but... There's obviously a lot that goes into it, the way he develops his story. Somewhat related with our staff interviews is that we always assume people get to the library the same way for their um, career. And I thought Sharon was really interesting how she made her way to Mercer County Library System, even though she is already a part of Mercer County Community College working at the library there. Even though I've never met her face-to-face Uh, That was our first time talking. I felt a kinship with her because she does work with students transitioning from the uh, high school media center or a library that they're not used to with an academic library. And that's something I used to do back in the day. So I, I enjoy talking with her. And I think she's going to bring some really unique ideas to the Mercer County Library System. So I'm really looking forward to working with her more. Her background, very varied, brings a lot of different things to the table. So as you said, she's going to be a great asset for us as she moves along in her career with the Mercer County Library System. And with that, Anna, we wrap up yet another episode of Behind the Books. Once again, pleasure talking with you, with the authors. Hopefully you're not still full from your Thanksgiving dinner. We do want to thank again, Sharon Stoneback from the Ewing Branch, as well as Carter Wilson for speaking with us today. And Bob... It's always great talking with you. Thank you for listening to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review. 
For more information about the Mercer County Library System, please visit us on the web at mcl.org. We are produced by Laura Narasik. Our thanks goes out to Kim Livingston for her technical expertise, as well as to Dana Benner for creating our cover art. Your hosts are Bob Noose and Anna Vanskoy.